Hey, you know what? It's really fun to be here. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? How are we doing? How are we doing? Welcome to episode number eight. This week I said it right. It is episode number eight of the Banner Banter Podcast. I am your host, Timmy G. Welcome to another episode. This is just the Boston Celtics podcast from a season ticket holder point of view. How is everyone doing? I hope everyone had a great weekend. It is Monday, September 24th, 2018, and that means it is media day. That means we are one day away from training camp. All the Celtics players sit down with all the media from whether it's TV, newspaper, radio. They get all the interviews out of the way. They also record all the videos that you see on the Jumbotron, the Celtics intro for player introductions. You name it, they do it. This is the day that they do it before they start conditioning for the season. And you can also stream the entire thing on Celtics.com. And I'm sure NBC Sports Boston will have something in there as well. And I am sure we are going to get memes on memes on memes with some of the funny photos that are being taken. Now, training camp starts tomorrow, Tuesday, September 25th. The boys are back in town. It's going to be awesome. I am so freaking excited in playing English, especially since the Boston Celtics will be playing basketball It may be preseason, but they will be playing basketball again for everyone to see on Friday against the Hornets in Charlotte at 7.30 p.m., and then they are back at the Garden on Sunday at 6 o'clock to play the Hornets for their second preseason game. It's a really exciting time to be not only a podcaster for the Boston Celtics, but a Boston Celtics season ticket holder, a Boston Celtics fan. The hype behind this team is real, and I am really, really, really Really excited for it. As always, you can find this fine podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, you name it. And then you can follow us on all of those fine social media outlets at Banner Banter Podcast with Facebook and Instagram, and then at Banner Banter 18 on Twitter. Twitter will probably be the place to be if you want to follow me. I'll be doing like live updates of all the games, my thoughts, me yelling in caps locks, me cheering people on that I probably aren't used to cheering on but it's it's going to be really exciting. I <laughs> I cannot tell you how excited I am to see the Boston Celtics playing basketball again, but we have a lot to talk about. And before we get into all of that, I just want to send my condolences to Marcus Smart and his entire family. Marcus Smart's mother passed away last week after battling cancer for a long, long time. So I hope that Marcus is focused and ready to go into the season, knowing that his mom will be watching over him every single step of the way. He posted something on Twitter. It was a very heartfelt message about his mom and how close him and his mom were. So our thoughts and prayers here at the Banner Banter Podcast go out to Marcus Smart and his entire family. And I also just want to send some condolences out to Richard Jefferson as well, former Nets, Cavs, Nuggets player, you name it. He's He's been on a lot of teams, but his father died in California due to a drive-by shooting last week as well. So condolences, thoughts, and prayers go out to Richard Jefferson and his family. Now, what I first want to start talking about is, guess what? ESPN came out with their top 100 players. First, it was Sports Illustrated. We talked about it last week. And now ESPN came out with theirs. Kyrie at number 19, kind of low for me. Like I said, I think Kyrie's a, a top 12 player in the league. Jason Tatum at number 24. Okay. Um, 
I don't know how I feel about that top 25 player. Okay, I, I could ride with it, but I don't want him to see that and think that he is and take some time off or anything of that sort. Like, keep working at it, become a top 10 player by the end of the year. That's that's what I want. Big Al is at number 34. Jalen is number 37. Gordon Hayward's number 40. Obviously, we don't know what Gordon Hayward's going to be like this year. It could change, but last time Gordon Hayward played a full season, he was an all-star in the Western Conference, so hopefully that will change to top 25. Marcus Smart at number 55. That is something that I disagree with because I believe Marcus Smart is the heart and soul of the Boston Celtics team. His energy is what they need. His defense is what they need. But overall, player-wise, I don't think he's number 55 overall in the league. And Terry Rozier was also not only number 82 with Sports Illustrated, he was also number 82 with ESPN. I think Terry Rozier is a better overall player than Marcus Smart, but I understand how important Marcus Smart is to the Celtics, so maybe that's why ESPN put him there. Some other big NBA news that happened over the week last week was Jimmy Butler. He wants out of Minnesota. He does not want to play with Carl Anthony Towns. He does not want to play with Andrew Wiggins. He wants out. He's going to be a free agent this summer. Obviously, there are some rumors going around with him and Kyrie wanting to play together. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But Adrian Wojnarowski recently tweeted that Miami is being very aggressive on trying to get Jimmy Butler, which I think could change a lot for the Eastern Conference, you know, right now I think the Miami Heat are probably, you know, the sixth or seventh best team, but they could jump up and be the number three or number four seed. They could take over Indiana. They could take over Toronto in in that aspect because the Heat are good. If Whiteside comes to play, the Heat are good. Trojic comes out to play, the Heat are good. The Heat's bench is pretty good. So keep an eye out on what they give up because Jimmy Butler defensively is very good. Justice Winslow, very good for the Heat defensively as well. So they could cause some problems for a Gordon Hayward, a Jason Tatum, a Jalen Brown. So it'll be very, very interesting to see what Pat Riley and the Miami Heat organization does to see if Jimmy Butler is the right fit for them and especially to sign them long term. Now, obviously, since we're talking about Jimmy Butler... Obviously, we ha- we talked a few weeks back about the rumors with Kyrie and Jimmy Butler wanting to play together, but recently, Kyrie Irving sat down with Jackie McMullen, and it was a great article on ESPN.com. Jackie's so great with the Celtics, her and Bob Ryan, they always just come up with great, great material all the time. And Kyrie actually said that the last time him and Jimmy Butler talked about their future together was at the USA Basketball Camp. So it's been two years. So it's been a pretty long time, the fact that the two of them have talked about maybe playing together. They talked about it at the time, but nothing recently. So that should be a good sigh of relief for a lot of Celtics fans. Kyrie also talked about how his body is feeling completely differently after his knee surgery. He says that an issue last year was basically his left leg couldn't keep up with his right leg. And now his left leg is keeping up with his right leg. So it's all even now and he's moving completely differently, a lot quicker. Brad said that at the Celtics golf tournament last week that he's moving great. He still has all of his moves and he's looking better than ever. Now, Kyrie also mentioned that the Celtics' pickup games over the last week or so are next level, and he can't believe what what all the players are doing out there. And he's speaking very, very highly of the team, so much that we have to get into a little segment that we like to call... And now, it is time for the Celtics' stud and the Celtics' dud of the week. 
Okay, so it is the Celtics stud and dud of the week, and we're going to go backwards. We're going to start with the dud because we were just talking about Kyrie, and then we'll go to the stud. Kyrie was asked if the Boston Celtics can beat the Golden State Warriors in a seven-game series, and he said yes, so he is our dud of the week because you know I don't like bulletin board material. That is now the third or fourth player from the Celtics that has talked about going to the NBA Finals, and I do not like that in any way, shape, or form. You have to win the Eastern Conference Finals first before you get to the NBA Finals. They went to the Finals last year and they want to talk about it? Sure. But until then, shut your trap about it. Let's focus on the season and not the Eastern Conference Finals or the NBA Finals. We gotta get there first. And the stud this week is Jason Tatum. I don't know if you guys saw on his Twitter page, but basically Jason Tatum bought a crib big enough for himself and his son to hang out in so they could sleep together. And he could help him take naps better, just being a great, great dad. And it's actually a really funny picture. So shout out to Jason Tatum for sleeping in a crib to help his son sleep properly. Now, back to Kyrie real quick. One of the things that Kyrie said that was, you know, insert eye emoji, was he said that the Celtics are establishing something great, just not for this season, but hopefully the next few years, something that's pretty special. Now, if you're worried about if Kyrie's going to be resigning or not, that should make you feel really good if he's talking about the next few years. And obviously, he talked about the financial situation, which is one of the reasons why he hasn't resigned. and the Celtics can offer him the most money. I am feeling more and more confident every single day that Kyrie is going to resign with the Celtics, especially with little quotes like that, how he's talking about this team isn't going to be good this year. They're, they're just not going to be good this year. They're going to be good in years to come, and they got something great for the long haul. So it's great to hear. Again, Jackie McMullen, Kyrie Irving. Go to ESPN.com and read it. It's a great article. We also have to talk about how Terry Rozier, if we're going to be talking about Jackie McMullen's article, we have to talk about how Terry Rozier had a whole spread in GQ magazine. He showed off some fancy clothes. He answered some great questions. He opened up about how his father just recently got out of jail and how he's feeling about that and how his father's going to be around more and how that's going to help him. It's great to hear, great to read, but it's very weird to see that Terry Rozier, I think, got a new tattoo, but I don't know if it's real or not. I guess we're going to have to find out in media day. It's 317. It's actually his birthday. Him and Danny Ainge share the same birthday. But if he got his birthday tattooed on the back of his head, and it's just not like a little, it's massive. And I really hope that Terry didn't do that. I know Terry has some tats, and that's fine. I'm all for it. I got one. I don't have a bunch like most NBA players do, but he better not have gotten that tattooed on the back of his skull. That would just be so weird to see, and it could be a Celtics dud for next week if that is true, but we'll find that out. And also, if you have some spare time, go to Gordon Hayward's website. Gordon Hayward writes blogs, kind of like what players do on the Player Tribune, but Gordon does it on his own website, and he talks about how excited he is for the upcoming season, how he's feeling, how much he wants to play in the preseason so he can kind of get his conditioning back, get his legs underneath him, and kind of get back into full NBA shape. So that is a great read. Make sure you read that. And then just a couple other little NBA news things here. Number one, Adam Silver sent out a memo to NBA teams stating that he wants all of them to hire more women, especially in leadership and supervisory positions, and is urging them to make some of the mandates that the Dallas Mavericks must follow to improve working conditions with their own organizations. 
For those of you that don't know, there was a big issue with Dallas Mavericks and a female employee. I'm not going to get into it. You can read it, but the Dallas Mavericks got fined a lot of money, and they're hoping that this will set an example for teams to bring in more women into the NBA, just not like coaching like the female, I'm having a brain fart in her name, does down in San Antonio, but also within the organization in the upper management positions like general managers, assistant general managers, and things like that. And then another little funny story here. So I didn't know trading cards were still a thing. I, I'm sure people my age, I'm 33, collected a lot of trading cards back in the day. But I had no idea that people are still buying them for a lot of money. And the other day, according to Darren Roval from ESPN.com, a Topps 1980 rookie card that had Magic Johnson and Larry Bird on it went for $125,000. The two of them on a card from 1980 went for $125,000. Absolutely incredible. You don't hear or think about that much. And the fact that like, now that you're that person, what are you going to be doing with that card? It's one thing to get a poster maybe signed by both of them that you can show in your man cave. But like, what are you going to show people? Hey, look at this little card. I spent $125,000 on it. Pretty cool, huh? Huh? No, not cool at all. We now interrupt this podcast to bring you a very special banner banter investigation, Celtics Unit Report. Okay, this week's banner banter investigation is about your 1991 slam dunk champion and the creator of the dab himself, D. Brown. D. Brown was a member of the Boston Celtics for about eight years. He was drafted by them 19th overall in the 1990 NBA draft. He was a six foot guard from Jacksonville, all team first rookie, and also played in all 82 games in his rookie season. Very, very impressive stuff from D. Brown. D. Brown, if for those of you that are sneakerheads like myself, he wore those Reebok pump wear, the little basketball on the tongue, and you could pump them up, and it was supposed to make you jump higher and all that. That was D. Brown. D. Brown won the 1991 NBA Slam Dunk Contest at All-Star Weekend by literally putting his arm, like he was dabbing, over his face, so he couldn't see where he was dunking the ball. So it was almost like a no-look dunk, and he won that competition. He played for the Celtics for over 476 games. He averaged 11 points and 4 assists. His first season in the NBA, he shot 20.63% from three-point range. And then in the 1998-1999 season, he made the most three-pointers in the league with 135 so want to talk about improvement to be such a terrible, like he was a worse three-point shooter than Marcus Smart is. You don't hear that every day. 20% from three-point range. That's unbelievable. And then eight years later, he leads the league in most three-pointers made with 135. Now, you want to know how crazy that is? In 2015-2016, Steph Curry led the league with 402 three-pointers made. So that's literally Almost 300 more three-pointers that Steph Curry made over D. Brown in 20 years. So it shows how much the game is changing. D. Brown, once his Celtics career was over, he was traded with Chauncey Billups and Roy Rogers by Rick Pitino to the Raptors for Kenny Anderson, Popeye Jones, and Za Tabak. I'll tell you this right now. Zan Tabak will not be part of our Banner Banter investigation because I guarantee you will not be able to find anything on him. After he played... for the Raptors for a bit. He then played for the Orlando Magic and then was released in 2002. 
Right after that, he actually became the first ever head coach for the Orlando Miracle, which was the WNBA team down in Orlando. He then went to coach the Silver Stars in San Antonio, which is also a WNBA team, and then also coached the Springfield Armor, which used to be a G League team in Springfield, Massachusetts. After that, he then went to the Detroit Pistons and the Sacramento Kings to be an assistant coach. And right now, he is currently the general manager of the LA Clippers G League team, and he is also the director of player programs for the LA Clippers. So basically, he runs all the pre-draft workouts. So if Doc Rivers wants to bring in, for example, like this past season, if he wanted to bring in Marvin Bagley or Wendell Carter, I'm just mentioning Duke guys, of course, D. Brown would be the guy that would run all the workouts to see what they could do. So that's actually really cool. He is also the president and CEO of Edge Basketball, which is a premier basketball training facility in Florida. So D. Brown is still very involved in the game of basketball. D. Brown, you know, for most Celtics fans, if you mention D. Brown, you know he won the dunk contest with that no-look dab dunk. Very cool. And that is this week's Banner Banter Investigation. Now we're going to be talking about the season preview. Last week, I talked about how I think each player is going to do, and now I'm going to talk about how I think the team's going to do overall. We're going to go month by month. We're going to break it all down, how far the Celtics are going to go, what their record's going to be, their win streaks are going to be. Do you think we can get another 16 or 17-game win streak? I don't know. I don't think so. But now it is time to figure out what the Boston Celtics are going to be doing for the 2018-2019 season. Okay, obviously, I hope, I wish, I pray, I think, I know, I pray, I pray some more, that the Boston Celtics will finish first overall in the Eastern Conference. They'll be followed by the 76ers, the Pacers, the Raptors, the Bucks, the Wizards, the Heat, and the Pistons. Now, of course, if Jimmy Butler does get traded to the Heat, I think it would be 76ers, Pacers, Heat, Raptors, Bucks, Wizards, Pistons. I do think the Pistons will be the eighth seed no matter what. I think they... Another year with Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond working together. I think they'll be good. Then you got the 76ers, the Celtics, the Pacers, and the Bucks. Those will be your final four teams in the Eastern Conference. That will obviously change if the Heat get Jimmy Butler. The Bucks, I believe, will be out of it. And then in the Eastern Conference Finals, I have the Celtics beating the 76ers in six games. Now in the Western Conference, obviously I believe that the Warriors will finish first overall. Then the Rockets... Thunder, Trailblazers, Jazz, Lakers, Spurs, and Pelicans. The final four over in the West, I believe, will be the Warriors, the Rocket, the Thunder, and the Jazz. And then in the Western Conference Finals, I have the Warriors beating the Thunder. Not the Rockets, but the Thunder in five games. Sorry, Houston Rockets, you picked up Carmelo Anthony, and he's a loser, and you're not going to make it to the Western Conference Finals. What do I think the Boston Celtics record will be this year? I think it's going to be 60 and 22. I think with a fully healthy team, this Celtics team can win five more games than they did last year. I think that's completely reasonable. So now we're just going to break it down month to month. And I think in the month of October, they're going to go five and two. I think they're going to lose one of their first few games just because with the health of Kyrie and Gordon, There's obviously going to be some rust there. The 76ers are a good team. Raptors could be a great team. And obviously the Thunder will be a good team as well. And then I think Brad's probably going to test out some lineups. And they'll probably lose like a dumb game to the Pistons or the Magic. So I think month of October, the Celtics will go 5-2. and Not bad for the first seven games of the year. Then in the month of November, I think they'll go 10-5. and 
Not sexy, I know, but they got back-to-back games against the Suns and the Jazz. The Jazz are going to be a very good team this year. Donovan Mitchell is going to take it to another level. I think with the Jazz healthy, they're going to be a really solid team in the West. And don't bet against the Suns. I mean, Devin Booker, if he comes back healthy from his hand surgery, DeAndre Ayton, they're they're a young team. The Celtics always have trouble playing in Phoenix. Obviously, we'll never forget when Devin Booker dropped like 70 points on the Celtics. Could be a tough couple games. Then you got to think about the back-to-back home games against the Raptors and the Jazz. They should win both of those because the Jazz are going to be on a road trip. I always like the way the Celtics play the Raptors at home. But if they don't win both of those games, a 10-game win streak could begin. So let's say... They beat the Raptors, and then they lose to the Jazz. After that, I fully believe the Celtics can go on a 10-game win streak. They would have to beat Hornets, Knicks, Hawks, Mavs. That Hawks-Mavs game back-to-back on the road, not too concerning. The Pelicans, the Cavs, the T-Wolves, the Knicks, the Bulls, and the Pelicans. So why wouldn't they win 11? I think they go on the road to Washington, D.C. and lose to the Wizards. It's Wednesday night. Their spirits are obviously going to be high playing the Wizards. There's still a little bit of a rivalry there. They'll lose that game. Not a big deal. So now we're basically in December, and I think the Celtics will go 11-3 in the month of December. Obviously, some of those games, T-Wolves, Knicks, Bulls, Pelicans, the Wizards, those games that I just mentioned. And they they got to play the Rockets and the Spurs, and I all of those will be on the road. I think those are going to be tough games. So go down to Houston and beat them. I think it's going to be tough. The Spurs, obviously, are going to be good this year if DeMar DeRozan, shout out to my buddy Greg Hagan, who made fun of me for saying DeMarcus DeRozan a few podcasts ago, but DeMar DeRozan in San Antonio, I think Popovich will make him a much better player than he was in Toronto, which is kind of scary because DeMar DeRozan in Toronto was a good player. So I think in the month of December, the Celtics will go 11-3 and and they will end the 2018 calendar year with a record of 26 and 10. Now, based off my prediction, that means I have faith that the Celtics can go 34 and 10 in 2019, and it's going to start in the month of January. I think the Celtics will go 13 and 2 in the month of January. They have 11 home games and four road games. I think they could lose two back-to-back games against the Pacers and the Heat. The Pacers always give the Celtics a hard time. The Pacers are going to be very good this year. I keep saying it. Keep the Pacers in your radar. They're going to be good. It will be a tough loss to the Heat. Not a big deal. And then after that, I think they're going to start their second 10-game win streak of the year. They have to play the Magic, Nets, Raptors, Grizzlies, Hawks, Heat, Cavs, Warriors, Nets, Hornets, and Knicks. And only two of those games, maybe three of those games, but I'm I'm 99.9% sure two of the games, possibly a third game, are on the road, and the rest are all at home. So I think all of those 10 games are very winnable. Of course, you know, Timmy, you must be crazy. There's no way they can beat the Warriors. What if DeMarcus Cousins is back? No. They've beat the Warriors at home before. The hype's going to be real. It's the first Saturday night game of the year on ABC. There's going to be so much buzz around it. I can't believe I sold my tickets to it, but you got to make that paper, boo-boo. And it's going to be an amazing, amazing atmosphere at TD Garden on January 26th when the Celtics play the Warriors. Make sure you watch that game. You go to that game. But I do think the Celtics will go 13-2 and in the month of January, including a 10-game winning streak. Month of February, they're going to go 8-3. and 
Thunder, Lakers, 76ers, Bucks, Raptors, Trailblazers, all playoff teams, all very good teams. Russell Westbrook always plays well in the Garden. I think they'll lose the game to the Thunder, one game to the 76ers, and maybe probably the Bucks game, which will be the first game after the All-Star break, a lot of rust, too much relaxation, et cetera, et cetera. Those will be the games that they lose, but they do have a very winnable game back-to-back, Portland and the and the Raptors. It will be tough, but I think those will be very winnable games. So 8-3 and three in the month of February for the Boston Celtics. And then in March, March isn't going to be very pretty for the Celtics, I don't think. I have them going 9-6. and six. They have a very tough 5 or 6 game stretch against the Wizards, Rockets, Warriors, Lakers, and Clippers. The Wizards game is at home. Rockets game is at home. But the Warriors, Clippers, and Lakers games are on the road. Those LA West Coast road trips for some odd reason in March always just bite the Celtics in the tush. And it it could be tough. They also play the 76ers, the Pacers, and the Spurs. I could see Gordon, Al, Kyrie, those type of players getting some rest. It's okay if we lose a couple games here and there. They might have like a five or six game lead in March for the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. I'm perfectly content if Brad rests those guys in March. So I see the Celtics going nine and six in March. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people panicking. There's going to be no need for it. It's going to be fine, but the month of March is going to be a tough, tough, tough month for the Boston Celtics. And then in April, the Celtics have five games. I got them losing one game to the Heat because the Heat will be fighting for a playoff seed unless they get Jimmy Butler, and then they could go 5-0, and and it would change my project prediction for my record a little bit at 16-22, and but Celtics will go 4-1 and in the month of April. They'll end up with the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, and they'll beat the Philadelphia 76ers in the Eastern Conference Finals in six games. That's going to be my prediction for the Boston Celtics this season. I hope I'm right. If I'm right, I'll brag about it, and if I'm wrong, I won't mention a single thing about it. So that's it for episode eight of the Banner Banter podcast. Just a reminder, today is media day. If you are listening on Monday, September 24th, training camp starts on Tuesday, September 25th. The first Celtics game will be on Friday, September 28th against the Charlotte Hornets in Charlotte at 730. I'm sure it'll be on NBC Sports Boston and 98.5 The Sports Hub. If you want to listen to it on the radio with Grandy and Max and then Sunday, September 30th, they will be at TD Garden playing the Hornets once again for the first preseason game of the year at the Garden. I'm pretty sure I'm going to be there. Don't know yet. I'm going to try, but we'll see. All depends on that crazy work schedule that uh, is going to be starting over at House of Blues. So thanks, everyone, so much for listening to another great episode of the Banner Banter podcast, a Boston Celtics podcast from a season ticket holder point of view. You can find us on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18. Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. You can also listen to this on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Podbean, SoundCloud, and any other fine podcast application. Shout out to Marcus Smart and Richard Jefferson again for losing parents. It's I've lost a parent. It's never easy. It's it's tough, but it the these guys will only be stronger because of it. So shout out to Richard Jefferson and Marcus Smart. Guys, 
I'm really excited, like so excited that we get to watch basketball again. I'll be next week. We'll obviously recap all the stories from the first few days of training camp. Uh, We'll try and get some audio from media day as well. And we will also make sure that we recap the preseason games and preview the upcoming preseason games against the Cleveland Cavaliers next week. Thanks again, guys, for listening. Toodles and noodles, X's and O's, Celtics pride. They're back. Ah, I'm so excited. Bye. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.